Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Do that from the top there now, Jennifer. Welcome back to the Creep Dive. Thanks for listening again. It's been just, just Jen. Just it's here just out me. on her own there. Welcome back, Sophie. That's right. Got the intro this week. Thank you. And, and last week. And, and the week before that. It's because Cassie, the one that's continuously interrupting. <laughs> Cassandra Lorraine. Thank you. Welcome. I just took out my laptop and Jen like actually audibly sighed. <laughs> no. You guys, um, I'm so good. proud of myself. I have a nugglet. Good, because I have a nugglet and I'm, I'm I'm hoping to contribute to what Cassie's like. Uh, yeah, I, I really didn't get a lot of time to put it together either. Fuck. So there's going to be a lot of So this new chat. story came out. Now, in, in our defense, I think it was yesterday that the New York it's Times... It's like two ran, days ago, yeah. Uh, the cover of the New York Times magazine. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was on the cut as well. There's a good chance a lot of you may have read it. I think the cut is the New York Times magazine. Yeah, I saw was, different places yeah. where it was referring to the New York Times magazine and then other places referring to the cut, but they are the same thing. Thought yeah. so. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. Also, Jezebel uh, wrote about it a bit as well. Um, Loads of places have picked up on it now today. I was dying. What I was dying for was somebody who'd consolidated into not a 9,000 um, word essay, which was how it featured in the New York magazine. No, thank a you. lot of unnecessary um, chatter Fact. around it. And well, also a little snippet that I picked up in my sidebar research. The guy who wrote it, the author, was a classmate of the students who yeah. were mentioned. So Jezebel wrote about that as well. They said, why didn't the, mm. the New Yorker mm. disclose that? And actually they did disclose it, uh, but you had to click on the press link below in order then to find out the contributor's background. Excuse me. Which is very interesting because I think um, the college that this took place in, what, 350 people were in the 330 in, graduates that year a tiny mm. tiny tiny college so anybody who knew who any anybody who went that year would know about this okay so right let's let's just okay bring so i don't back know in. anything right um 
housekeeping up top everybody go follow us on uh, Instagram at Creepdive please do that and rate and review us on iTunes rate review us on iTunes and um, yeah be nice about all those things so <laughs> I'm just a- Jen's housekeeping got an issue. I just, just need to get it out there. I'm Someone afraid. said that we, we were waiting too long by putting it at the end because people aren't listening to the end. And go on, just keep pouring your water. <laughs> just get notice. yourself comfortable there. <laughs> Did um, we do that during your 900 hour Anna Nicole Smith? We barely even <laughs> fucking <laughs> epilogue. Didn't, didn't even take a breath. It was like a Tolkien. Like, um, people are still listening to that episode. <laughs> I can't stop. Yes. <laughs> I just I forgot know. how to speak. It was like, I dreamed I was still telling that story. <laughs> but you kept sort of finishing and I'd relax into my chair and then you'd h- kick off again. I'd be, be like, like, and then it kid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, take like, that up with Anne Nicole Smith. She's the one with the batshit life. And then in 1996, <laughs> I'm like, no! in the late September. <laughs> I mean, it was good. There was good feedback on it. Um, if you haven't listened yet, put aside uh, three and a half hours and go listen to last week's episode. Next week's a bank holiday. So do I mean, some huge body maintenance task. Good point. Epilate your legs. Do people still epilate? Fucking wow. Even the word <laughs> is horrific. <laughs> it's the creep dive. Do you, I didn't. I thought the epilator was sold itself as this kind of newfangled thing that would take your hair away. Yeah. And then you look at what it is <laughs> and it's a thousand tweezers. Tiny. Yeah. Oh, it's just Operating. a mouth of millions of tweezers. Yeah. Attacking like piranhas. And loudly, you know what I'm saying? It's like, what's she doing in a room? There's no- <laughs> Everybody fucking knows. Excuse my French. Okay, let's. Uh, Excuse my French. Sorry, I, I'm trying. They're delicate ears, Jen. Sorry, so, I know. I'm doing my <laughs> best here. They're not accustomed to that kind of language here. Back to the story. Okay, so how do we want to do this? Will we just deep, just go in and just present the minimum amount of facts we have and talk about it? Or do you want to go solid with a story first? I really want to know what's going on with the people and the places you were just talking about. Okay, off you go, Jed. <laughs> right. Uh... There's this, what's the name of the college again? I can't have no laptop We should probably week. explain to people that we decided to do this as a duo. Well, because it's a long story. And I just felt like I was doing it and I was losing concentration. I was like, there's no, I'm the wrong person for this story is what happened. So I was like, I need Cassie or Sophie to do this story so that it can be done. And I don't have to do, it's not that I don't want to. It's just I, my brain can't contain all of the shit. So it was when what year was it? You have your laptop there for the give us a year. Oh, what year was it? <laughs> this is terrible. Sorry. You guys discussed Hurdle. it on the group on the group da, WhatsApp. Da, 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 da. And I Dates was like, aren't important. Oh, right. I was like, oh, they haven't mentioned it again. They must be on the side thread called <laughs> Oh Sophie's a Betch. No, it's not named anything, and that's where we just talk about like fashion wears where I commission leather jackets and <laughs> Jen requests crocheted hats. <laughs> It's just fast chats. Okay, well, here's the Jezebel uh, headline. So it's... Uh, 2010. <laughs> okay. She made that up. No, I didn't. I got it here. The official title is The Stolen Kids of Sarah Lawrence. So Sarah Lawrence is a college in New York. It's a liberal arts college. Yeah, it's very liberal. It's exactly like what it sounds. And everyone that goes there, according to the article, is this kind of... Young, bookish, arty. kind of... They're doing vulnerable. arts. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Liberal arts. Ooh, so we're talking that's about arts without birth control. A uh, and all was going well until somebody's dad moved into their <laughs> dorm. <laughs> you would think at that point that people would be like, "Wait!" The college would be like, "Wait a minute, 
this is strange. And uh, there were complaints about this guy moving in. But and the, he was just definitely, like there was a student sorry, who he so was his, dad of. Yeah, so basically. It wasn't just like, oh, I'm here with her. I'll just interview with some facts. Go right <laughs> ahead. <laughs> I'm um, a dad. There, the there go, I can be here. The man's name was Larry Ray or Lawrence Ray. And his daughter Talia was in Sarah, Sarah Lawrence. And she was living on campus with, uh, there was nine people living in the house. Um, and she had found the house for her friends. They were all friends before they moved in together. Mm-hmm. So when she suggested that her dad needed to move in after his release from prison, everyone was like, that's fine. Not a bother. Your dad can stay here for a little while. Ooh, but were they all in the side WhatsApp being like, oh my God. So initially, probably initially, yeah, initially they were quite concerned about him um, and they thought it was a bit weird. Right. But he was very, he was very nice to them and he established himself as this real father figure in the house. He did a lot of cooking and cleaning and he ordered them really expensive takeaways and he was really nice to them. But most importantly, they were all in and around 19, 18, mm. 19. And he was a real, um, they described him as being really wise and he offered a lot of really good life advice and good he counsel. counsel. Like exactly. Tuesdays with Mari. Exactly. But it was Literally with that. an ex-con. There was a day so. of the week that they used to stay up and yeah. have chats. And had serious Dad chats. chats. So, serious chats and they called them like family meetings or house chats. Ooh, now we're verging into Manson family territory. Mm-hmm. So, and can I ask about his crime? We talking white collar or? So it was very a very complicated. Yes. Okay, okay I sorry, you tell the, me in your own time. The crime, well, I don't know, we should just get the whole crime thing out of yeah. the way first because it actually kind of ruins the flow of the story in the cut because it goes into this really complex history of fraud. So a lot of his criminal past is connected also to uh, a guy called Bernard Carrick, which we'll get into in a second. Because we do have to understand a lot of his downfall is connected to this guy. Mm-hmm. Basically, his his crime is a securities fraud. Um, it's like a they're calling it a pump and dump scheme that he was involved with with some mob gangsters in New York, basically inflating the prices of stocks. Oh yeah, and then them ditching them. Okay, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. So he was somehow involved in that, and he was sentenced in. Uh, who sentenced like or late maybe oh he was sentenced in 2003 and he was put on five years probation and then he ended up in prison for violating his probation so he wasn't actually imprisoned for the fraud Idiot. it was for a later violation which yeah. was wasn't Rudy Giuliani uh, connected in here as well yes so there was it was sort of this high profile circle of people that he managed to kind of worm his way into okay with no real kind of background in the area he's Kind of looks and like he was yeah. investing their capital. Sure, he was. No, well, well, he was kind of there. He it, even in the article, it sounds like he would just kind of arrive. Yeah. So I started like reach like this is. It takes so long to get to the kind of the heart of the story because this is just bizarre. I started researching Bernard Carrick, Bernie, who was basically he was an American police officer consultant and then convicted felon himself. He had served as New York's police's. Uh, this the city police commissioner from 2000 to 2001 he was the correction department commissioner and first deputy and he oversaw the entire new york jail system from 1995 to 2000 so he was quite no way and then he ended up in prison yeah he was really highly regarded um although what am i saying like corrupt cops what do you i like jen just gave a very knowing nod there like oh sure don't even start with me about them (laughs) 
So the things I know. The New York City. <laughs> it was the New York City Mayor Rudy. Say his name again. Giuliani. Rudy Giuliani. Yeah. Yes. He appointed Carrick as the 40th Police Commissioner of New York City, and in August 2000, he credited him with the drop in crime. Um, he like he was credited with kind of leading um the cleanup. Yeah, basically. Like he was really, really highly regarded um, and it goes on and on and on. He was the commissioner during the September 11th attacks. He was this, um, he arrived, he was one of the first to arrive at the base North Tower three minutes before the second plane hit the South Tower. Um, he was like honored and all this kind of stuff. So in 2004, he was then nominated by President Bush as the United Nations Secretary of Homeland Security. But he later withdrew his acceptance of the nomination because he said that he had unknowingly hired an undocumented worker okay but this part is key right so when bernie yeah so in researching bernie yeah that this is the moment that is kind of his is the beginning of his downfall december 2004 when he withdraws his nomination Mm. and all the other reports about bernie i can't see anything about larry ray being mentioned but Mm. in the cut story it's Larry Ray who starts releasing information to the papers, which inevitably leads to an investigation into Bernie. Right. So after he withdrew his nomination, there was an 18 month long grand jury investigation in which uh, they found Carrick guilty of ethic violations. They were unclassified, but also that during his time as the interior ministers of the interior minister of Iraq, he accepted a two hundred fifty thousand dollar interest free loan from an Israeli billionaire. She's doing air quotes around loan, yeah, <laughs> which he failed to report. So uh, he uh, basically like he it's really complicated, but he ends up in prison in federal prison because of that failure to report. So Larry Ray was like the whistleblower. Kind of, but the the stuff that Larry Ray was released the papers was basically that he had paid. So Larry Ray was the best man at Bernie Carrick's wedding, oh. and he released the papers. Do you think he cut a deal with like the FBI or something when they were jailing him for the pump and dump? Was he like, oh, I've got something on Bernie Carrick? There's a lot of mm. mention of the FBI and all these kind of things mm. being involved, but basically they were best friends, Bernie and Larry. Mm. Not anymore. And after this moment, they kind of turned against each other. So when. It was before 2004, it was before Bernie withdrew his nomination that Larry started getting in trouble with the FBI for the securities fraud. When he reached out to Bernie to ask him for help, Bernie said, I'd do anything for you, but I can't do that. Yeah. Basically. Bernie. That he can't do that, right? (laughs) So then then there's this whole narrative around Larry Ray that... Rudy Giuliani and Bernie are out to get him and want him killed, as does the former mobster that he was involved in the securities fraud with. Right. Which could have been... Could have been legit. Like, as we know now, Rudy Giuliani is a complete and utter fucking eejit. So there's no surprises (laughs) that he would have been involved in something like that. Yeah, it just... It seems like there's loads of people connected into these... This weird world of... I that whole thing with Giuliani, Jen. He's like Trump's best. He's fucking Trump's lawyer, I think, at the moment at some, on some level. Is he? Yeah, he, oh, he's Jesus. a complete knob. They're all connected because even Bernie Carrick at one stage was, I think it, it was when he, he kind of went into private and, and public uh, you know, security. And when he was working in private security, he worked as Trump's personal bodyguard. 
Okay. So they are all connected. And I don't know, I don't know, like what major stuff connects them other than these like weird crimes that they're connected to. But anyway, I don't think those crimes are particularly important to the story of what's happening in Sarah Lawrence, other than it gives him a motive to be at, to be exactly behaving so, erratically. From his daughter's perspective, when she was selling this idea to her friends, they mm. were hearing my dad's being persecuted by these powerful men, you know, he needs we to need, come and live in our help. sorority. He needs help. And then one day they're going to make a movie of this. It sort of and, makes the background um, of his... Chris Rock is going to play the dad and... <laughs> but it makes the background of why and how this guy has a lot of money as well. Right, you yeah. Can for his expensive yeah. takeaways. He sure. does have... Yeah, a, but he yeah. was, wasn't he chauffeuring them around? And He's chauffeuring them around. Expensive yeah. takeaways. Like Uber. so the weight in my heart. Like when you were like, oh, he moved in and he was like doing dad stuff. I was like, fuck's sake. First year of college, no. You don't want that. You don't fucking want you your need, dad. And then but, you're like, but expensive takeaways. And I was like, oh, I'm in. But you All might right. need guidance. They're like you're talking about 19 year olds. I remember the kind of weirdos we used to, sorry, no offense to the guys who we used to hang out with and drink <laughs> with and Dunleary, but do you remember those lads who were older and we were like, oh yeah. Oh my God. And anyway, little did we know. Talk mm-hmm. about the creep dive. That is a story we must tell at some point. However, okay. back to the tale. Okay, so there are some key 19 year olds in this story and they are Talia, who's his daughter, mm. Daniel, who is, Daniel, Claudia, Isabella and Santos, who all live in the house with her. Each of them described as having their own difficulties. So Daniel was struggling with his sexuality. Um, Isabella was going through a breakup. So in Isabella's words, I was having a lot of difficulty making sense of things. I wasn't in a good place. He started to help me kind of process and make sense of a lot of things I couldn't make sense of. So that she's speaking about Larry. So Larry had started offering Isabella counseling. Isabella's boyfriend at the time says... That he walked in one day and he found them. He found Larry lying on Talia's bed with Isabella, like kind of caressing her and being like, no one's going to hurt you. I'm looking after you. And he, when the boyfriend reacted poorly and was like, I don't like this. Larry was like, well, I'm not sleeping with her. She just needs help and guidance and whatever and all that kind of stuff. Mm. So then slippery slope. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So uh, another housemate who didn't get quite involved with Larry called Juliana, she uh, described Isabella as being pretty fragile and said that like there was a lot of people in that building, in that particular house who were pretty fragile. So they started then doing these kind of group counseling sessions in the house. Uh, well, he was doing one-on-one <laughs> counselling with each of the young people, this right? hilarious. He's not, He's a, not a counsellor in any no, way. No, but he has this kind of... Um, he has this sort of gravitas or whatever, and they're nineteen, I guess. Mm. Yeah, but he I also provide, has a philosophy. And think about the connections he Uh-oh, would have had. Oh, wait a minute! He's got a manifesto. He's got a philosophy, right? Which is called um, Q4P, which is basically uh, the idea that all energy in the universe is powered by the quest for potential. That's what it comes from. Mm, but this Q4P. Like he's practicing his Tim kind there's of, a lot of. Not Tim. Tony Robbins pitch. Yeah. There's a lot of uh, comparisons being drawn between Larry Ray and Nexium. Ooh. Yeah. So it's that idea of What's like. Nexium? It's another. Remember that wellness cult. Oh, very good. Yes. Yeah. Um, which is also really topical at the moment because they're they're on trial. Ooh. Yeah. We must cover that. Um, there's a really good podcast actually called. 
uncover escaping nexium oh, so good listen to it. yeah um so basically dash q4p was actually the brainchild of his friend david who was a diamond district dealer um and who moonlighted as a philosopher <laughs> so, there. so it was a toxic kind of scene in this house basically right now the premise of a lot of the um counseling sessions were this idea that they would discover something in their past in their childhood and discuss it as a group and that he believed that there was kind of one of these classic tales that every difficulty relates to a childhood trauma Mm. um so a couple of different things happened so basically he started gaining kind of control they would just transfer funds so that actually happened shut up well it happens later but not quite like that right okay so he started gaining control in the group yes and he's really planted himself inside this this uh this house with these young people um when it comes to like winter break where they're supposed to go uh go home to their families or whatever particularly for isabella the night before she was to go home larry called her family and said that told her mother that Isabella had been sexually abused as a child by a family friend and that he was concerned about Isabella and her mental state that if she returned home for for winter break he thought she might die by suicide oh so, so my god she was he basically told the family that she wasn't going to return home so then Larry meanwhile the family were like well that never ha- like the family were like we've never heard happen. this yeah. oh but also Larry places a lot of the blame on the parents so he's telling Isabella's mom that she allowed this to happen to her so then Larry kind of obtains this, not kind of, he obtains this um, apartment later in East, on East Street, which was owned by a friend of his. And I, I don't know what the agreement was, whether he was renting it or whatever, but he is living there during the breaks in college semesters. Mm. And in there he welcomes, initially it's Talia, Talia's boyfriend and Isabella. Um, and Talia's boyfriend or ex-boyfriend now was interviewed for the piece and he said that he controlled everything from like where they ate uh, when they ate what they did when they went to bed uh, Larry's described as being someone who takes and took an awful lot of like uh, prescription amphetamines yeah and that the, he Ooh. he rarely slept yeah. um, <sighs> so that uh, the, the people in the, the students in the piece they describe how like they would stay up all night with in these meetings and whatever and they'd be so and exhausted he's like breaking mm-hmm. them down yeah essentially right so basically the core program of personal transformation resol- revolved around them one person being in the center of a group and being questioned in the hot seat which they called it mm. um and how they had to apologize or admit shame or whatever for mistakes that they had made particularly pertaining to ways that they had hurt larry and it could be anything from like breaking a plate or scratching a pot or doing something. But Larry saw all of these things as sabotages against him and they would have to sit in the hot seat, identify why they had done it. Everything was intentional and possibly related back to something that had happened to them in their childhood. And, right? And oh, my God. Didn't he charge them? Larry. Yes. So he you then, OK, hon? So yeah. then he started. Um, he started basically charging them for the damages that they had done to his property and to his things and he would make them like list it all out and one student i think was daniel i'm not sure i'll find it now in a second who calculated that he basically owed larry like five hundred thousand uh dollars from all the damages he had done and he later (laughs) gets them 
he kind of gets some of them trapped into a system of repayment. Like a lot That's of them are cool. borrowing money. And there was one, the S- Santos, it comes up later, his parents actually pay out like 200 grand <gasps> because they're they're concerned for his okay. safety. Yeah. Place. yeah, and Claudia, <laughs> um, Claudia later pays out, I think she, there, it says she borrows half a million dollars from a former employer to pay to Larry for damages that she supposedly did when he had her install a draining system in a house (gasps) somewhere else right (laughs) so this is basically it yeah like it is batshit crazy right he had brainwashed them I mean I mean absolutely like absolutely brainwashed right um and were they still all participating in college and like some of them didn't graduate yeah but yeah oh did you are you gonna what about the sex? Yeah, I'm just about to get onto that, yeah. right? Do it. Come so, on. I love when it's sexy, but bad. So <laughs> part of Daniel's part of Daniel's kind of vulnerability came from the uh came from his belief that he might be gay, even though um Larry kept telling him he wasn't gay. So Larry had Isabella come out into the sitting room where Daniel was one night and start kissing her and that was fine and Daniel believed it was because she fancied him and that was you know it was all normal and natural whatever but then a little while later he instructed Daniel and Isabella to have sex while he watched then Uh, it that became a regular thing uh, where Larry would sometimes participate and then he would also invite uh, where's Talia he would also I don't know he would also invite uh, Chen the landlord to join them uh, can I say uh, this? Jezebel makes reference to in their article about this. Makes reference to Daniel. You remember also having basically. Hang on, let me get it. Oh up. yeah, yeah, that comes later. Okay, Grant, that comes later, right? Jen, you're doing an amazing job here, by the way. <laughs> I'm just saying you're enjoying <laughs> Cassie's breakdown. Thanks. Um, so. They they started Daniel in particular started to become concerned and he but he was like I don't enjoy this and I, this feels weird but everyone else seems to enjoy it which is the classic inclinations of cult mentality that yeah you, while you start acknowledging issues you're like but everyone else is okay with it it's just me so he stays but Claudia and Daniel do go study abroad in England um but they stay in touch and they keep coming back to Skype. Larry Ray, they meet up when they're in England together to Skype him. Um, and then when they come home, they move back into this apartment in uh, in East Street with him. What I really find interesting is that everybody, the parents were all alerting the college to what was happening. Mm. And the college did nothing. Like they said something like, you know, well, uh, all parents are entitled to visit their children. And they were like, no, no, he's living there. Or <laughs> now all the students are living with him. Yeah. Is there no way to interject and now there's a big question mark over whether what they should have done but it all gets quite dark because yeah yeah so they they basically go and they're staying anytime there's a every time there's a break in the semester they're going and staying in this apartment in east um in east street the parents are becoming more obviously more and more concerned they're trying to get in touch and he's preventing them from contacting their parents probably because he's convincing them of this whole childhood trauma thing Mm. and um like he he like he goes into so much detail convincing the likes of claudia and um isabella that their families are connected and that their parents want him dead and all of these weird motives again that make him quite make him seem quite vulnerable to them that Mm. their parents are involved in all this kind of crazy shit right um 
But anyway, the behavior gets weirder and weirder to one night when Daniel was in the house and he was talking to um he was talking to them and he said he was still unsure about his sexuality <coughs> at which point Larry was like enough of this he made Daniel put on a dress go down to the lobby collect the mail and when he came back upstairs he had fashioned this what was described as like a metal necklace it was basically little beads of tin foil wrapped in I think yeah. cling film and they kind of fashioned it into sort of a beaded necklace and he instructed Daniel to wrap it around his genitals and and twist Larry twisted it <gasps> until they described it as I think the blood what he described it was like really awful um oh did it cut off like the circulation, off the circulation the, yeah. right and then he gave him he gave him a dildo and told him to penetrate himself in front of his friends which he did oh my and god he was crying and screaming Oh my but god. But anyway, obviously, fuck you, Larry. Fucking hell. After after that, which was in 2013, he left and he went to on-campus housing and he's just cut them out entirely, stopped stopped Jesus. answering the calls. Um and he hasn't spoken to anybody since. And he denies all of this. Yeah. Really? So, yeah. He or did he just decline comment or does he actually fully deny it? No, no. I think he denied it. Larry denies all of this. Sorry, I thought you meant Daniel. Oh, Daniel. No, 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 Daniel. No, no. Daniel a lot of this information is coming, coming from, from Daniel. Daniel. Grant, right, sorry. Um, so, and and like according to Daniel, did the girls, did Isabella and Claudia just sit there? Well, was, and they're, was Talia there? Yeah, I think, I think they're all pretty loyal to him. Talia and Isabella are completely loyal to Jesus him, right? Madness, isn't it? Mm. So it starts to grow a little bit. While... Claudia and Daniel are away in England. Um, Santos introduced Larry. So Santos is uh, ha- has originally been living in the house. Uh, there's not really that much about him in the story, but he introduces Larry to his two sisters, Yalitza and Felicia. So um, they become involved then with Larry and I think they move in. Felicia was... A Harvard graduate, at a med- she had a medical de- degree from Columbia. She had started her residency in Los Angeles, but Larry managed to convince her that people were out to get her. And she said that part of the reason she was concerned was because of the whole thing with Bernie Carrick. And um, she just believed the police were completely corrupt and that it was completely plausible. And um, she so she left her residency and moved in with Larry then. Oh and they began a, they began a romantic relationship. Um, Larry then started talking about Felicia and Isabella as his wives. Oh my God. And like, is Larry in his fifties? Yes. Yeah. Or later. Right. Hmm. Mm. Is he like hot? No. Mm-mm. <laughs> I mean, um, not that that would be my deal breaker, but I'm just curious. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> so there's no ma- major conclusion, basically. No, so basically, oh yeah, all this stuff about the money then. So the price of your things I damaged is kind of, uh, there was this, basically this like formulaic email that they would send Larry with the prices of all the things that they had ruined or destroyed. And it was um, Santos, who he convinced owed him $47,000. 
Uh, he went to his parents. He threatened to commit suicide if they didn't give him the money. So they did give him the money. It was Santos's parents that later calculated that they gave him about 200,000 over the course of three years. They obviously went to the police many times about it, but the police were saying the children were over 18. There's nothing could be done. Um, in 2017, Claudia's parents requested a wellness check and the police determined that Claudia was acting um, out of her own volition. Uh, in 2013, Yalitza's, so Yalitza, who's uh, one of the sisters, one of the sisters. So Santos's parents as well get a call to say that uh, Yalitza had uh, attempted suicide. Um, her parents visit her every day. She was in a coma, but one day the security wouldn't let her into her room. And they were told that if they wanted to meet with Yalitza's doctor, they had to do it with Larry present. In the whole time they were together, it's believed that Isabella, Yelitsa and Claudia all attempted suicide. And Larry, oh Larry himself estimated the amount of times they tried to um, they tried to commit suicide was about 12, ah. which is crazy. Um, yeah, it's mad. Hold on. There's still loads to it. Right. Because um, I want to tell you where they've all ended up now. So Claudia's parents who Where's had... all the money gone? Sorry. Well, he has... It's, he's described as having like a bag of money which he keeps with him at all times mm. and he does go out and he takes them out to like really high profile restaurants and stuff and like he has a limo driver. He's just presumably paying rent on this. Yeah, with their money. With the apartment. Yeah. He's whining and dining them. For the plate damages. Yeah. Um, so... Now... Where's where who's where at this point? So Daniel has left and we're coming close to graduation. But a lot of them don't graduate, right? So um Daniel, Talia, and Isabella did graduate in 2013. Santos never graduated. Claudia did graduate a semester late in in the, the winter of 2013. But when her parents came to celebrate her graduation, Larry and all the others were there and they left because they felt um unwelcome. Claudia's parents separated, uh, which they state reasons they stated were the stress that yeah. Larry was putting on their relationship oh my and God, whatever. So sad. Um, yeah, so Claudia's parents, who had lived in the East Village, then moved out of New York, and Claudia began working as an escort, uh, giving all the money over to Larry. Her website advertised prices of eight thousand dollars a night. But she would have to pay Larry all that money to pay for the damage she believed she had done. Oh my God. He's like a pimp now. Mm. Yeah. It's just. Yeah. Can I. I, th- I got to the end of the article, but there isn't any ongoing. Like Larry isn't up l- legally for anything yet. But I presume after. Yeah. This article, there will be. Anyway, it's going to be an ongoing story. This is not the last we've heard of Larry. And I bet, much like everybody else we've talked about in this there'll be more background fuckery from Larry Ray yet to be discovered. Um, so where have they all ended up? Claudia. So Claudia is free from him now after having done the escorting, although Larry's still pursuing her to this day. Yes. So Claudia gets free because <clears throat> of her former employer. She meets her former employer who she borrowed money off and tells him that one night during one of these uh, counseling sessions. So 
Claudia is kind of at his peril because she believes she owes him half a million euro. She's borrowing loads of money. She's escorting to pay him back for all these things. And then when she meets an employer, she, a former employer, she tells him that he put a bag over her head, tied her up until she couldn't breathe, which was quite um, common as well. He used to put Santos in like, uh, what you call them, deadlocks, headlocks, until he passed out. Jesus. So uh, the employer then buys her a ticket to get out of New York and she hasn't been in contact with Larry since even though Larry is still emailing her um Daniel moved Daniel who had left in 2013 moved to New York uh he identified that he was that he had been the victim of a cult um and that he uh that um basically that he just that he they'd all just been manipulative manipulated and broken down by Larry so Isabella is still by his side, still with him, and she's with him all throughout this entire story. Um, but Santos, I think, ends up... Oh, yeah. So Larry says he's not in touch with Santos and Yalitza anymore, and neither have their parents who say they haven't spoken to them since they were in 2013. But according to a source for the story, Santos ended up in a psychiatric center and then ended up in a homeless sh- shelter. Um and Yahtzee, who had been the, the doctor, yeah. um, says that uh, I don't think they've been in touch. I don't think she I don't think anybody knows where she is. So and the parents haven't haven't been able to get in touch with them and say they're completely haunted by it. Um, they can't understand it. Jesus. It's mad, isn't it? Mm. It ain't good. Yeah. But it's also so kind of like there's no logic to it like I don't know even um, the fact that it's kind of like like, it's not like it doesn't have the kind of theatrics that we think of when we think of a cult Mm. in that it's just taking place in some kind of like college town like in presumably like a fairly like ho-hum apartment yeah it's not like the children of God, like with all the kind of like, you know, isolation and fucking batshit stuff there or like Jonestown with, you know, like again, like they kind of formed little micro civilizations. But this one is like so weirdly kind of banal. It's so banal. Yeah. yeah. But it's not either. Like the fact that it's kind of just like just kind of hovering under the surface of kind of like normality normality mm. yeah like just makes it so much it's darker and yeah. seedier or something it is it's grim it's weird and the fact that he's still ongoing and even the fact that they're trying to find, find a case against him is sort of yeah difficult on one level or that, that he well he it's extortion presumably yeah 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 he just reminds me of Tony Robbins in a massive way yeah like, like some kind up. of low rent Tony Robbins, but yeah. like he's fucking up people's lives. This is definitely just the beginning of this story as well. You know, even the story itself, even 9,000 words of it, it ends really, you're like, oh. There's no satisfaction here. And also it's current and up to date. Mm. And he's just there with Isabella and we don't have a comment from him other than he, this is all lies. Yeah. And then the person who contributed not being written about in the column itself is strange 
you know what I do guess, you mean like the writer or you mean yeah well the person that they that contributed with all the information who was a student in the class i thought you said that he wrote it i don't think he wrote it did he cast no no the the author of the article yeah it's your man so it's it's co-authored by um i'll tell you now it's co-authored by Ezra Marcus and James D. Walsh, and it's Ezra who, who was, went to the went to Sarah Lawrence and and graduated okay. that year. And so did a couple kind of disclose it. working on it together. Yeah, but anyway. what do you mean he didn't? Well, he doesn't, well, he doesn't say in the, in the article. Piece. He doesn't say I. But it's not like written from a first person point of view at all, is it? No, but I definitely think it. It feels like a strange piece as a result. Do you do you think, Cass? Uh, I think it should have been disclosed a little bit earlier on that he was there because I feel like he... But was he their peer? Like, or was he... I know it's a small college, but was yeah. he the same year as them? Don't know. Mm. Don't know. Um, Sorry, first... I'm just trying to find... There was a really good article about... Cults. Why we're hearing more about sex cults. Would you class this as, I guess... I mean, that's what people are classing it at, but I actually feel, I don't think that the sex was central to the objective of the cult. I think it was a financial scheme by um, Larry. Larry. But it doesn't really feel premeditated. He, it does, it feels like he's making it up as he goes along. Oh, totally, absolutely. Yeah. Even the kind of like... Which the, also doesn't speak to the culty thing. It, and even with mind. the money came a bit later on as well. And it was totally like wildly random amounts. Is it, like, it feels like he kind of found himself with these kind of teenagers under his sway. He was just and was like, mm, what to do with them. figure out how to capitalise. Shove that dildo there. Just do that yeah. now while I have a think. Yeah, Let me exactly. have a think. You two fuck... I'm going to watch for a minute. And Wait. I, so maybe many I amphetamines. Let's stay to... up all night talking yeah, and talking yeah, and talking. Yeah. And you owe me money. Yeah. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Yeah. Here's how we'll get the money in here. So it is like a cult leader with no it's clear direction. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's. I, yeah. It, it doesn't feel like his objective was to create this huge following. No, but that yeah. he was certainly influencing people and young people vulnerable people for his own gain mm. but it is a lot of it is weird the reporting of it and like it's been it's been very much um you know kind of it, it has it has been i suppose classified as a sex cult which i don't necessarily think it is but i think that that the article that the other article that i'm talking about is about this culture of us being obsessed with cults now. Hmm. Yeah. And classifying things as cults. Just that because aren't necessarily cults. Mm. Or like broadening out the definition of what's a cult. Yeah. Like when I was researching this, I started to look up those. Because um, in the in the piece, it talks about Daniel realizing that he was in a cult because he found an article in which it said like 10 signs you're in a cult. Mm. and um i was looking through those uh i was looking through there's obviously there's loads of different listicles and like how to spot that you're in a cult and most of them still center around the uh religion at the center of it mm. rather than this kind of you know and like nexium is the same as well like it's a it's a, a wellness and self-improvement scheme kind of pyramid scheme yeah exactly mm. and it's it's they're offering workshops and all this kind of personal development stuff rather than it being a reaction to organized religion. Mm. You know? It's kind of using organized religion as the model still. Yeah. 
Although they have a kind of slightly like marketing model as well. Yeah, well, like yeah. Nexium yeah, was a privately course. owned um, company. Yeah, you know, like they were they were organized in a in Jeez, the actual ways. scope yeah. of Nexium was unfucking believable. Yeah. I can't wait to get involved. What's the name of that podcast again? Escaping Escaping Nexium. Is it a two, uh, few parter? Yeah, it's, it's like, like eight episodes. Maybe? Yeah, all right, I mean, it's very good. Yeah. Uh, thanks, Cass, for reading the article and doing all the work I was supposed to do. Uh, can I play you a little amuse-bouche? Yeah, do it. Uh, so this is on the back of what we talked about last week, which was Urban Legends. And somebody sent us oh, this. Yeah, did date. you read this? Or sorry, did you listen to this? Yet? Oh, no. I listened to it. It's very no, funny. I don't know. All right, so let's go. Okay, fantastic, this works. So basically, it's not about me, it's about someone I know. So she met this guy on Tinder, and like they were chatting, like really hit off, so he invited her around for dinner. So she went to his for dinner, he cooked like lasagna or like spaghetti bolognese or something, and like everything was fine. She sat down, ate her dinner, and then literally as soon as she did her dinner, she was like, fuck, I really need to go for a poo. Like, you know when you just get that feeling? So she said to him, she was like, I'm really sorry, but she was like, but I really need to use your toilet. And he was like, oh, give me two seconds, let me just go tidy up in there. Well, he took so long in there that she literally shit herself. And I mean, literally shit herself, like diarrhea shit herself. He come back out and she was like, I'm really sorry. Like, I had to explain what had happened, obviously. And he was like, it's fine. Like, don't be silly. Don't worry. He was like, I'll go and get you some like, clothes. You can go have a shower and stuff, clean up, and you can just wear, like, a pair of my joggers. Um, like, don't worry about it. <laughs> and then, so she goes in, she has a shower, like, puts on his clothes or whatever. She comes out of the bathroom. He is sat on the sofa with her shitty knickers massaging it all over his hands and having a wank to it. So it turns out he basically spiked her dinner with laxatives to make her shit herself because he has a shit fetish. Grim. <laughs> Just a little, uh... That was an amuse-bouche. Amuse-bouche. Thank anyway, you, thanks. Who sent that? Thank me. Uh, who sent that to us? Somebody called Liam Et. 26. Thank you. I'm guessing you. that's your age. Liana, 26. <laughs> Jesus. More shit, shit, shit talk about <laughs> gross men doing disgusting things. I I know it's like mean, but I kind of turned against that person who was telling the story because they were like doing that thing of like, I'm sorry, but I've got to go to the loo. It's like, why are you pallet? You need to go fucking go. I don't you know. But like, like shitting yourself is, is powerful. Especially with the when you've been poisoned, oh, if it's true, I which I choose to believe that it is. It is uh-huh. true. It is absolutely based in fact. At the same time, I do feel like that split second after it's happened, like are you going to stick all around? And hope put his has left on? you. Like that's it. I would just be out the door. That's it. In my shit pants, get the yeah, bus home. Just, just like brilliant. No one's going to sit beside me. Treat yourself. Well, yeah. soilage charge. Soilage How bad charge. is it? Yeah, I need to know. Yeah. Laxative fucking diarrhea. Oh my god! I have a mini medi. It is a you Hard know. Hard to believe, Cass. No, it's a three-drop regular Tampax, All as right. opposed to the jumbo for the. the okay. The intro's already I've, been fifteen minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Jokes. I'm excited. Jokes. Okay. Do you want to hear the headline? Yeah. Okay. Whatever happened to Baby Tyler? 
Who da? It's a play on whatever happened to Baby Jane. Okay. Oh, yeah, okay. Okay, and so this story came to us also via a listener. Uh, thank you very much, Lisa Cohen, for sending this my way. Okay, so we're in England, but I won't do the racist accent all the way through, just in parts. <laughs> um, so what are we? It's like 2012. Okay, recent. Tracy and John. Okay, stop it. We're a pretty average couple. Uh, and they dated for a while, like back in 2012. But then John, the dirty bastard, dumped her via text. Ah, Miserable shite. Miserable owl bastard. A love rat, as they would call it. Mm-hmm. Um, it was then that Tracy discovered she was expecting and told John. Now, they didn't get back together, but they did agree kind of a sort of setup of contact for John. And... They stayed obviously in touch and John saw Tracy kind of near the end of her pregnancy and shortly after she called him to tell him she'd given birth to a baby boy, Tyler, the day before. Okay. So it was a couple of months before John met his son. Um, So the baby was like 10 weeks old when they actually finally met. Um, But he became like instantly, he was instantly like besotted. Mm -hmm. His only kid. And um, so... Still not, like, things were not, they weren't going to rekindle. But over the next few years, like, he was just general good dad. He saw his son all the time and, but things were difficult with Tracy. Right. And John, I don't know, I just say Tracy in that accent, really, that's all I can say. So, (laughs) things were getting a little bit fraught between them and she started making it harder and harder for him to see Tyler. And John was like, he was keeping up his maintenance payments, but he was also now spending a lot of money in legal fees because he was trying to assert his rights to see the, the boy. And uh, it was then that in 2015, so when Tyler was like about three and a half, that Tracy cut off all contact with John. You're not coming round here. You're not seeing Tyler no more. <laughs> I'm all over. I'm like, I'm in Northern. I'm gone to East End. I'm sort of going to Jeremy Kyle in my head. Is that the <laughs> yeah, right direction? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. It's, I, oh, this is maximum Jeremy Kyle territory. Like, Tracy is fucking there. She's not on the panel, but she's probably like front row. Anyway. Um, Jesus, don't come after me now, anybody on the internet. I can't deal with it. So she fucking fucked John out of their lives in 2015. And John, like, kept battling. He had solicitors. He had a team of solicitors. And he was, like, still really, really, like, I mean, he was fighting to see his son. And Mm -hmm. so after nearly two years of that, he finally couldn't take it anymore. And I think under the advice of his solicitors, he was like, just, Just call the police. Oh, okay. And report him missing. Because mm. it's been nearly two years. And you haven't seen him. And John hasn't seen him. So, so did they live five by? I mean, was it... Because it... he not go to the house? Yeah. Or, like, or is he just being completely denied? He's been completely denied. But Tracy. Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they are not in the same town. But, like, obviously, up until that point, like, he had visitation. Mm-hmm. And then when Tracy just cut it off, like she was cutting him out. And then they were then just having interactions through the courts. Okay. Um, because like, well, Tracy took it there. Tracy took it there. So anyway, 
Tyler was five and a half. So the solicitors, it seems, advised him. They were like, this is the only next kind of route because mm-hmm. they were having no joy with the, the fucking courts and stuff. So he rang the um, police. He said, my ex-partner has stopped me seeing my son and my solicitors are concerned because they can't trace him. So this is at the end of like nearly two year access battle between the estranged couple. How long so, had he been seeing him? Three years. So he or had just seen him fairly it. actively for oh, three yeah, years. Yeah, for the first three years, okay. like, you know. Um, and then he, she just, Tracy pulled the plug. This is a, like a lovely picture of them horsing around. God, it's actually a little disturbing. It's a little disturbing because they blurred out faces. But that's them horsing around. So like, yeah, I mean, it then she, I mean, I don't, I actually didn't go into like what precipitated Tracy cutting off contact because John had actually been like fairly stepping up by all accounts in all the various ways Mm -hmm. that you're, you're kind of supposed to. So anyway, police basically launched a search for Tyler and they were getting more and more disturbed because they couldn't track down anyone who'd seen Tyler in the previous two years. And they found the mother? No. So initially they went through social services and they couldn't find any records. Um, they then tracked down a woman called Tracy Hardy. They went to her address. Mm-hmm. Tracy Hardy wasn't there, but they did speak with neighbours and the neighbours said that they hadn't seen a child Ever, ever? around the house. Right. Recently? Recently. The police were totally baffled. Did she? So they they found out where this Tracy Hardy was working. But when they confronted her, so she worked in the town hall. Mm-hmm. She said that she had no idea who John or Tyler were. And denied, like, all knowledge. She had been receiving maintenance payments for this child. Well, no, they. she was like, I don't know who you're talking about. And they were like, they came away confused. confused and yeah. saying, John, are you okay? John, you okay? Yeah. And so then the next thing was they uncovered court documents relating to the custody battle. That did confirm that this Tracy Harding that they had just been speaking was to the Tracy was one. the Tracy Harding at the centre of their investigation and the address on the documents was the same as this Tracy right, Harding. Right, right, right. So Tracy think she could just be like, no, nope, <laughs> nah, not No, me. don't know. So they went back to Tracy and she then insisted that no, 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 no. That was still not her and that she'd been trying to sort out this kind of bureaucratic error with the courts for ages because her name's on these documents, but that's but it's not, not her and she doesn't know any John or any Tyler. So they, police are like naturally upping their efforts because they're starting to like be very worried about but could why they not no just one take has a seen picture of Tracy to John well, and be like, is this the woman? Well, okay, so... That is when the police receive a family snapshot. Oh, sorry, I was going to say from be... John. Yeah, and there, very clearly visible in the picture, is Tracy. Okay, for right. fuck's sake. So they haul Tracy Hardy down to the um, police station, and she finally admits that's her in the picture. But like, they are literally like, "Come on, that's Tracy!" You like they've they're just pointing. I'm at surprised her. she didn't go for like an evil twin spin. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> So um, she admits it's her in the picture. She said that she initially lied to them because she was in the middle of work. Quote, I'm not going to fess up in the middle of customer services, are I? (laughs) 
sorry it's so bad then they were like what about the second time we came back to you there now but the court court papers Tracy said I'd had a bottle and a half of wine and my partner was stood next to me there breathing over my shoulder (laughs) so she basically says look yes I know John but he is fucking mad and he's making everything up there's no Tyler what yeah She's the kid in the picture. She's like, there is no tie, like no tie. Does she have a son? Completely confounded. No, she's like, she's like, no, there's no baby. I've never had a son. The police are completely confounded. Like, yeah. Um, they show her the picture again. So it's actually that family snap that I showed you there. So this is actually Tracy's just been cropped out of this shot. Okay, but um. It's they a man the lying picture. on the ground with a kid playing so horse. Tracy's in a lovely brown armchair enjoying a cuppa. And um, John's lying on his front on the floor and little Tyler, the toddler, is on his back kind of doing horsey. Mm-hmm. And Tracy's laughing and drinking her cup of tea. Um, they're the just, they're just waiting child? for Jeremy Kyle. Jezza, Jezza Kyle, come on. So they are like, right, this is you in the picture. She's like, yes. And this is John. Yes. She's admitting to knowing John. Yes. She's admitting to knowing John, but she's insisting that John is mad. So who is she so suggesting then the they're like, is? who is this child on the back? And she says, I can't remember. What? I was drinking a lot at the time. Not tea in that cup. No, not cuppa. She told the police that basically after they broke up, right, John would sit outside her house in his car. Like for hours on end, doing nothing, like not approaching, not trying to talk, just sitting there, just right. watching. And so she just was like, this is clearly just more of his weird behavior. And like, I thought I was done dealing with this guy. Okay. So <coughs> it's confusing. They search her house. They find that she's telling the truth. No evidence. That no there's evidence. no evidence of a child living there. Sure, surely they could just check the records. To- yeah. So then. Surely there's a birth cert for the child. So what's going on with John? They finally spoke to Tracy's got an older daughter don't she I've gone right. all over now I'm in Midlands back in the Midlands she's 16 years old they show her the picture of Tracy John and Tyler and the daughter identifies the little boy ah as the son of a family friend right oh this is just a photo so it all began in 2012 when John dumped Tracy by text uh-huh. unforgivable okay so according to Tracy she legit thought she was pregnant okay when she told John I'm pregnant okay. mm-hmm. despite later learning she wasn't expecting she just Hardy kept up the lie Tracy I mean in order to get revenge and ultimately get get some pissed. money oh Child maintenance. Okay. Her ex. She then took the lie next level and introduced John to his baby son. Someone else's. Her friend's 10 week old baby. Oh my God. And the friend in on it. Obviously. She'd had to take the 10 week old from her. I don't think the friend was in on it. Well. She was looking after the baby intermittently at the time. And getting. I don't think the friend was in on it. Now. That's commitment. From, all, from my research, I can't. Two years that went on. John, this is where actually I actually lost it a bit. John forged an immediate and enduring bond oh, with the baby. for God's sake. So he said of the revelation, 
I can't really describe it. And if I do describe it, I'm sort of reliving that emotion and I never want to do that again. So God I can't never. really describe how devastating it was. There was, I'd say, a few oh, warning signs now that John might have not picked up on. You know, uh, do you know? Um, well, Let's the absence of a birth cert seems to be significant. Sure, but just the kind of, it, come on. So every time he visited his son, mm. nobody let it slip. They Apparently, never spent time with anybody else. I mean, how? He uh, overlooked a few things, I'm suggesting. The, but Apparently, even as the son got, even as the child got to three, yeah. would Talking. he not start to identify him as dad? That Did the child respond to the name? Was Tyler the child's actual name? No. And that was a tell. Apparently, the child once referred to himself <coughs> as his own name. Steve. Understandably. Yeah. Steve wants Peppa. Exactly. And John was like, Steve. Who the fuck is Steve? Oh, Tyler. Yeah. But t- John obviously isn't seeing him that frequently over three years. It can't be. No. It's probably yeah, this good three, dad, four John times shit. a year. I'm not buying. <laughs> I lo- oh my God, wait. Wait, John adored this child. Really? No, come he on. spent £15,000 between maintenance payments and legal fees. Adored. To see his son. Over two years. That's he not a kept lot. An old bottle that the toddler would have drunk out of. It's weird. And the shoebox that once contained, air quotes, Tyler's first pair of shoes. Oh, for fuck's sake. This whole story. It's completely. It's giving me the creeps. I know. That's the purpose of this podcast. I know. It's just like, oh, God. Um, he, he says, John said, it was a, it's a completely horrible feeling. I still see his little face in my memory. I mean, he had a baby and now he doesn't have a baby anymore. It's fucking crazy. Tracy, you did Yeah, now look, I understand that it's upsetting and I feel very sad for John, but I just can't understand how he did not know that it was not his child or how he was accepting that he had a child. But how he even goes... If he was just, you know, maybe he wasn't that intelligent. He may not have been massively sober through all of this. We're making generalizations Is that that an assumption? I, that was not implied anywhere. All right. It, uh, look, it, I mean, Tracy it, was having a few cups. But you said he saw him. She, He saw her at the end of her pregnancy. Yeah. Oh. So she wearing this fake bump. I mean. Presumably so. Perhaps. Yeah, I the guess. scans so. she could have got from anyone. Yeah. I mean, you could exactly. do it up to a point. I mean, you absolutely could Which do it. Which is obviously when she tapped out, when the kids started. The kids started fucking having too much consciousness. Too much chit chat. Too much cognizance. <laughs> and she was like, uh, mm, mm. she said it started off. Um, as a little lie and it got bigger and bigger and bigger and it got to the point where as, I thought as children do I've got to stop this it's not fair J- oh, really Tracy yeah I Just felt pressure then. to tell him but I couldn't it would break his heart well oh my god yeah she went on to say it was my fault for putting him in that position in the first place but to be perfectly honest I'm glad that it's over Thank God you're relieved. I know. (laughs) I'm relieved for you. Yeah. I realise what I've done to him and I do feel guilty. I know he'll hate me forever and rightly so. You don't care. She pleaded guilty to fraud and perverting the course of justice and was sentenced to two years in prison in April of 2018. That seems harsh. I just don't think that's long enough. I can't believe this isn't. I was. I felt very affected by this when I was researching it. I got really sad. Sophie. I started getting angry at Lisa for sending it to me. There's no way, I was very John. Upset. I just. I just feel like it's. She's. It's a shabby put together scam. <laughs> you know it is an saying? episode of Jeremy Kyle. Yeah. 
we're dealing with some questionable. I don't know. Maybe that's I feel attacked. Presented them to us here, but I'm just I'm not buying it. Fuck, fuck you, Tracy. I agree with that. Okay, you're a dickhead. After it all came out, John sent a letter to the little boy's real parents with a phone number in the hopes that he'd hear from them one day. That oh, he fucking sick. loved this little boy. Yeah, I get that he did. I just don't think he he's did. seen this boy I as much as you think he's worried about the two of you. No, I think there that is you're both no, psychopaths. Sorry. There I think is that there no is an empathy empathy disconnect going on. There is no way that man could have seen that child consistently and not realized it wasn't his um, son. That's but, right. but who? Like why on earth would you ever conjure up the story that why somebody had gotten ex- a prop child? For over a course of three years. But like, there was so much scam out of money and get back from a text dump. That's only five grand a year, Soph. But there's, sorry. But like, that's a lot. I'm just trying to do quick maths, which I'm not good at. But like, child maintenance. (laughs) Head sore. But I don't know what it is. And I'll get back to you on that. Okay, yeah, I guess he was scammed. But where was he going to see the child? To Tracy's. Right, to Tracy's house. No signs of a baby living there, obviously. There, yeah. Where was the cot? Where was the accessories? Probably, but it probably why was at the never, time. Why did he never have the child in his house? Exactly. And why did nobody else, was nobody else around during that time that had blown the story? Did he introduce the child to his family? Yes. But ha- why he did. Did, did he not have prolonged visits? He's turning He did. Up. He had. He did have. Look, he wrote to the parents and said that... I need to tell you how much light and joy he brought into my family, my life and outlook on life. So we those... loved him and we still love him. Okay, this these real parents allowed their son to be taken to be away. taken away by a family they clearly don't know that because if they friend did who they didn't know they well don't enough. know at all well they didn't know what she was capable of well her sure but they don't know of about course. John so she they gave they gave they the, just think that like Tyler slash Steve is being minded by Tracy like for overnight ex- for a lot of the time yeah but like I went I guess, to my minder yeah. overnight when I, I was a kid my minder could have been fucking pimping me off on a GoFundMe saying I was I had osteoporosis <laughs> and she could have been making a mint I have to read you the last bit Okay go The grief stricken John wrote in his letter It has been the biggest shock of my life Finding out that he was not my son I can't describe how devastated I am And I don't think I'll ever get over this You must be smashing parents To have such a smashing boy Right, he's smashing twice in the same. I mean, the I'm so is... worried about you too. Oh, I'm not. I, I can just, only assume that the <laughs> urine pressing on your bladder is making you grumpy. Hardly. Jen, go we, go, go on, we. go. Cassie right, and I Jen, will finish I'm not this. Done speaking about this. I just come on then. I need more information. I need visuals. I did take a snap from the Daily Mail comments section because it was great fun. Um. <laughs> one person oh, I wish I had their fucking I love the usernames I, I've cropped out this person's username annoyingly so so cruel what a wicked thing to do to somebody agreed Jen and Cassie something wrong with them poor bloke as weird as it would be I suppose the real parents allow some kind of role in the little boy's life for him <laughs> I hope the real parents allow some kind of role in the little boy's life for him, whether it be the, quote, long lost uncle or, quote, cousin or, quote, godparent they see a few times a year. So that's an option. Um, Lord Collingwood, 
says female cruelty revealed in its true colours. Oh right, Lord Collingwood. Just have to see men suffer. It's in the DNA. Thank you, Lord Collingwood. Thanks for that woke take. Um, Tip and Tim says some women are cruel and vindictive. It seems to be in the news more and more nowadays and it frightens me. I'm glad you're frightened, Tip and Tim. I don't think that Tracy Hardy is an accurate representation of womankind. <laughs> um, but I'm still, I'm still. Jen's I, back too fast. I can only assume she pissed in the hall. Didn't wash my hands. <laughs> Jen, did you wee in the hall? Please don't wee in the building. You could never tell if I pissed all the way down these stairs. No yeah. One would ever know. No, no way. She does like in. a breeze on her arse. Maybe she just lowered the arse out the skylight. Um, I just right. I can't believe I was just so disturbed by that I just can't believe that you would spend three years thinking that you have a cute little toddler and imagine how cute he thinks it all is because he's never there for the potty training or the sleepless nights or exactly. anything he's exactly. not there he yeah. is not there frequently that has to be the key here yeah like like there's have to be because imagine he was like I'm going to pop by or can I come to Tyler's birthday what party what about Christmas is what about, yeah Christmas is on birthday parties well you could make up a birthday but there's no way yeah, he would birthday. ever have Christmas with his you know no because of if the child is actually in and around 10 <coughs> weeks of you know presumably his own birthday party is going to be there what oh, oh she'd have a clash schedule clash no but that she like could move the it child out by two weeks go, and you wouldn't notice go along with it surely Ah, yeah, they're mad for birthday parties at that Oh, they age. definitely would. Oh, no, Rude be having a birthday party every How week. How would the good. child at, like, at three, when they're singing Happy Birthday, Tyler, not be like, that's not my name? They wouldn't. They'd be like, they wouldn't. there's this cake. They'd be I like, put the cake in my face hole. Great, I love parties. Seriously, the the kid wouldn't rat him out. If Tracy was minding yeah, the Steve key. the baby on a regular basis. But the, key, the child obviously didn't call Tracy mom either. I th- Yeah, but like, he's only three. Like, I You mean, called your mom Mary. I do, exactly. I called my mom Trish, but not when I was three. When you were three, you called her Mary. <laughs> you did. I did. That's the kind of... So this little Tyler was just like, all right, Tracy. All right, all Tracy. Right. Right, Stick kettle on, Trace. I'm over for the day. She was giving... T- fucking Steve the baby was getting backhanders off the fucking child maintenance. John is the victim here. He could have been seeing Tyler every week. He absolutely was And do you know what? That. He was inside a reality in which he had a lovely, beautiful, little, playful, curly-haired baby boy. And now that's over. I just think that it's one of the most fucked up things I've ever researched for this podcast. And now I'm afraid. I'm frightened of you two. I feel like you guys are going to just... It just uh, fucking heathers me up here no, and nobody will ever know. Heathers. If I'm not on the next episode, please come and look for me. With a jawbreaker. Oh, geez, that was the diff- what, what movie was that? Fucking called Jawbreaker. Brilliant. And Rose McGowan, recent guest on How Do We Sound, starred in that movie. That, now, that is something they should have talked about on her podcast. I know. I hope they talked about the cult she grew up in. Did they not? Obviously not. Jen's You've listened to the episode. Surprised. No. She grew up in a cult. Did she? Yeah. yeah. Did she? Yeah. A bad one? I think that's mm. why she's such a bad bitch. Like, yeah. she's already been kind of There's no, you can't touch surviving it. fucking everything since There's the early days. Yeah. yeah. Are we running way over time? Yeah, we're yeah. going to okay. go now. All right. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. We love you. Thank you. 
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.